0: Southern Miss to the top, you're tuned in to
2: the Eagle Hour.
0: Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to a new week of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, I'm with you in the First Bank studio here in Hattiesburg this afternoon. Luke is off for a few days. Kelly will be joining me later in the program. I want to thank our good friends at Dickie's Barbecue Pit for sponsoring the Eagle Hour, as they do every day. We're really grateful to them for that, and we hope that the next time you have a taste for good barbecue, you'll make sure it's Dickie's, Justin, and the gang are big supporters of Southern Miss Athletics, Southern Miss Baseball, and, of course, the Eagle Hour, and we thank them very much for that support. All right, it's Monday. We're going to talk to uh, head baseball coach Scott Berry, who told me just a couple of minutes ago there may be 30 or 40 minutes from uh, leaving for the Conference USA Tournament. And Rustin and coach first of all uh very very grateful that you would take the time to talk to us uh, before you head out on this uh this road trip.
2: Yes, sir, my pleasure.
0: Well, coach, uh we're we're at the end of the uh, regular season. Uh, you've had a you had some time off as you get ready to go to the tournament. How, how have you spent the time off with your team? Do you think it's been well spent? Uh, would you have preferred to have been playing this past weekend?
2: Well, I guess time will tell. You know, I think there's two ways to to look at it um if you if you come out and you play well, like you're hoping you, that you you will then you're gonna say man that that time really helped us. you know recharge wow. the batteries and 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 uh and just really kind of get rid of the long season fatigue and Of course, if you don't, then you can always draw that man, we got out of a routine and but either one of them was was uh, non it was it's uncontrollable in the fact that we just didn't have an opponent to play, mm-hmm. and there wasn't anybody to play so with that being said, you know, we gave them off last Monday and Tuesday, and then we came back to work on Wednesday, Thursday, and, and inter-squatted on Friday and Saturday. And The starters, the four starters, we just let them throw two innings apiece just to stay sharp, but also hopefully give them a little bit of rest as, as we go into this next week, which, which is a short week. Uh, but, you know, we just try to prepare the best we can giving what we can control and, and and that was utilizing the time off and, and hoping that we uh, we play well on Wednesday.
0: Was the reason that we saw this gap between the end of the regular season and the start of the tournament because they compressed the season, you know, and played four games every weekend?
2: Yes. And and it went from a ten weekend season in conference to eight. So we went from ten a thirty game series a 30 game conference series uh, season like we had normally done in previous years, three games over 10 weeks, um, to eight weeks of four games. So we went to a 32 game conference uh, weekend series, um, which eliminated the midweek games where well, we didn't have as many because we took those and added them on the weekend. But it created a bye week for everybody on the fifth week, which that's the week that we played Missouri State. University, and then created a bye week, which we just got through uh, not playing uh, because there really wasn't anybody. And I think I had said before we were going to play FIU had they made the mm-hmm. tournament during that time that they didn't make it. And with us searching around the country, most everybody else was still playing their regular season schedule. Uh, a couple of uh, conferences were in their conference tournaments already, and then there were others that just were only playing conference games. Only they weren't playing any non-conference opponents. The only other one was the Big West and the Pac-12, uh, and, and you know they weren't going to travel to to Hattiesburg, and I certainly wasn't going to travel out west to play them. So right. we just we just kept it open, and you know there were four, or actually three teams in our conference that did play last week. Old Dominion and uh, Louisiana Tech played last Thursday and Friday, which saw Old Dominion take both those games from LaTette, and then uh, Charlotte played a three-game series against Wilmington and was very lucky to win that series. Uh, It took a walk-off. It it took scoring six runs uh, in the bottom of the ninth on Saturday for them to win that series um, on a a huge comeback win, which – honestly helped our conference and helped us. That would have been really bad had they lost that series.
0: Well, you know, I followed sort of that Louisiana Tech-Old uh, Dominion deal, and, and I wanted to ask you this today. Did that help Louisiana Tech or hurt Louisiana Tech to play those games and get beat twice?
2: Well, I mean, when you look at the RPI and, and the polls, what, it, it hurt them.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, obviously, I know they weren't planning on losing those, and and somebody had told me, you know, well, how can they schedule that here at the end and we can't? Well, that schedule, they had that agreement at the same time we had FIU. When, when we made the adjustment in our 10-week to 8-week schedule, Old Dominion immediately called Louisiana Tech and said, hey, you know, if we come to the Commerce Terminal, we'd like to come early. We need somebody to play, and we'd love to play you there for a couple of games and. Of course, we're all scrambling at the time because there's nobody to play because everybody's still playing. Mm-hmm. And the same happened with ourselves and FIU, but it just happened that we, didn't, uh, we weren't able to play because they didn't make the tournament. And if, you know, if we would have played, uh, Bob, you know, they were a 141 RPI. So, honestly, that probably wouldn't have helped us anyway. Right. So, kind of a blessing that we didn't play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that Louisiana Tech was gambling that they would at least split. Um, especially there when it got here at the end, when when everybody had their resumes built, I mean that was two big games for both of those guys, and uh, you know I know that they were both probably hoping they would split, but Old Dominion ended up winning both of them.
0: Yeah. Before we get to the tournament, I, I was going to ask you to just if you will for take take just a minute, coach, and just reflect in general. On this 2021 season, it's been so unusual in these four-game weekend sets, and the gap between the regular season and the tournament. And you had a lot of young kids coming back. But as you look back now, and you get ready to leave for Russia, your thoughts about the season?
2: Well, I'm super proud, Bob, of the way that this team has grown. You know, early on, our hat we hung our hat on our pitching staff and, and in our defense that side of the game, and offense was lacking way behind, which, you know, looking back now across the country, almost uh, the majority of the programs out there, the offense was lagging behind. And you go, why is that? Well, you missed a whole or two-thirds of a season last year due to COVID. Uh, You you saw a lot of people that weren't able to go out and play in the summer that normally get those reps and those at-bats, so – you know, I think it's 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 easier to to not have played and go out on a mound and and be the dominant side versus the hitters. Uh, you know, we all know that hitting the baseball is one of the hardest things there is. Uh so uh you know, now looking back, I see where maybe why we were. And and then if you couple that with us being relatively young, like we are, you know, there were growing pains. But Man, we grew, and, and I'm proud of that. And we got into the conference, and, you know, we, we did well in there. You know, there were a game here and there. That Friday night at Los, or Gives Law Tech here, we missed on opportunities that could have certainly given us uh, at least a split. We also could have won another game that could have given us the series win. At third place, we're one, we're one out away from having a great bus ride home and, right. being, uh, and being three and one against them and winning that series over there. But Garcia leaves the yard with a two run homer. And all of a sudden, you know, we're left in the dugout disappointed in a long ride, bus ride home with a split. So we've learned and, and we've grown. And offense has picked up. We've had some big moments. A lot of our hitters, Montenegro for the longest time, as you know, was sitting there hitting 180 wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we had a bunch of guys that were under 200. That now have brought themselves up. It's been fun to watch Reed tremble, his development as as a player, uh, not only on the offensive side but the defensive side, and and Will and and Danny and and Gabe, all those guys, Charlie, and what they've been able to do offensively. Not to mention our pitching staff and the the two seniors, Hunter and Walker, and what they've meant to this program and. So grateful for them coming back for that extra year that
0: the NCA gave it. Yeah, no kidding. And we're both prejudiced, Coach, but my goodness, with the youth of this team and you finish the regular season, you're 19th in the D1 poll today. You've got a top 25 RPI. I just think that going into the postseason, the regular season has been a great ride.
2: It has. And, you know, we're disappointed that we lost that, that final game at. At FAU to uh, to lose out to Louisiana Tech on the west side, uh, you know nobody nobody was more disappointed than our players and our staff. But you know we we've, we've got to move past that and we've got to look for the new opportunity and that's the conference tournament that that begins on Wednesday against Western Kentucky. So that's where we our focus has got to be now.
0: And that's what I want to talk to you about on the other side of the break. Obviously, Coach, you guys are getting ready to head out to Ruston. It's going to be a great tournament with four top 25 teams in the Conference USA tournament. Uh, So uh, stick with me, short break. We're going to come back and uh, talk to you about the upcoming tournament and what we're all looking forward to uh, watching this week. Coach Scott Berry, everybody, on the Eagle Hour. We'll be right back. Continue the show right after this. Southern Miss, to the top. To the top. You're tuned
2: in to the Eagle
0: Hour. We're talking to head coach Scott Berry. They're just a few minutes away from leaving for Russ Louisiana and the Conference USA Baseball Tournament. Really grateful to uh, have him on the show. All right, coach. So uh, we play Middle Tennessee. Uh, check that. We play Western Kentucky at 7.30 Wednesday night. That's probably not going to actually happen at 7.30 based on following baseball tournaments in the past. I know you're not a big fan of those late-night games, are you?
2: No, I'm not, because uh, it's such a quick turnaround, you know, the next day. And uh, regardless if you're uh, in the winner's bracket or the loser's bracket, but if you're in the loser's bracket, it's really early. So, you know, Mm -hmm. we've been fortunate years prior to be the one seed, so I would always pick that 4 o'clock game uh, to, to play just to give us more time to recover.
0: Right. Well, let's talk about Western Kentucky. We saw them here. We uh, won the series. But, you know, looking back, Coach, every game was close. And and, and I know right now what fans are – because I see them on social media and they're already talking about the rematch with Louisiana Tech. But there's another ball team between now and that happening, isn't there? And that's Western Kentucky.
2: Oh, there is. And you're right. They were very close games with us winning three of the four. But, you, you I mean, if you look at Friday night's game that Hunter pitched, he pitched really well. I think he went seven, uh, seven and two thirds that that night. But you know, it was a six to five ball game. We gave up four in the eighth inning uh, to, uh, and then we had to score two in the bottom mm-hmm. of the eighth to win that game, six to five on the first one. But you know, the, the second one was uh, it was a six to five game as well with Walker. The only uh or of course at a seven in game, he went five innings that game, uh, and scattered out some hits, but Western Kentucky out hit us that game, eleven to eight, and uh, but we were able to win, you know, that one uh, in a one run game, six to five. Uh by a late charge by them. You know, they they scored runs there in the sixth and the seventh of that game, a one in the sixth and one in the seventh. So uh, you know, they're they're a good ball club. Don't 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 well, everything fooled you about where they finished. Uh You know, they're just one of those that I guess, let's say, during the regular season that they were right there to win it, but they just couldn't figure out how to do it. And, uh of course, athletes had the biggest success with them, uh, Bob, mm-hmm. going all seven innings, only giving up three hits and no runs. And uh, didn't walk a soul and, and struck out eleven, so
0: right. was
2: named pitcher of the week that week, uh, I believe, for his performance. But right. then they got us on Sunday, nine to four, in that getaway game, mm-hmm. and uh, you know beat us pretty convincingly. In all honesty,
0: boy, that Friday night game too, <laughs> it was way too close, Coach. That was that the game that it took the spectacular catch out in the center field late in the game, and uh, just really could have gone either way.
2: That's right. That was Reed Trimble. Right, Reed Trimble made that play out there, and you're exactly right. That ball gets down; it's a totally different ball game, and they were on a charge to come back. So, they're they're a club that that has veteran hitters in it. I mean, they got some guys that can that can swing it, and you just hope they don't figure it out. So, mm-hmm. but you know, we uh, we we'll have our challenge on Wednesday for sure.
0: You got two great senior pitchers. I wonder, Coach De. When kids like uh, like our two seniors go in pitching in a tournament, is there maybe a little extra pressure on them because they realize they're getting really now toward the end of their career?
2: You know, that's probably an answer or a question for them. But I would say that they would probably say, "Not really." You know, I'm just, mm-hmm. i just i i i have been doing this long enough now. I, I understand how this works. And uh, I understand what my job is, and and what I'm supposed to do, and how I'm supposed to go out and compete. So, I, I would I would think that the uh, demeanor of those two, Hunter and Walker, which are very stoic and just even keels, that that probably doesn't enter into their thought process.
0: Right. I think I know the answer to this question, but I, I'm going to assume that we will approach this the same way we would have approached a four game series against. Western Kentucky earlier in the year in regard to your pitching rotation?
2: Yeah, we haven't made any announcement yet, but you know, I don't think it's any secret that we'll uh, we'll go with Hunter Stanley in that game one. I mean, that's what we've done all year. I've never been a coach that believes in, in throwing off. I know a legendary coach, a Hall of Fame coach, that uh, even though he made it to the Hall of Fame doing it, but he would throw off in that first game. And, uh, man, I just remember all those years how it would come back and get him. And I just said, you know what, if, 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 and who knows who our best pitcher is. I mean, we've, we've got, you know, pretty good ones. But right. he's been going on Friday night, and if we ever had uh, uh, an opportunity to bring him back on, on a Sunday for an inning or two, you would certainly do it with that guy that's on Wednesday is what you would do. So the rule of thumb is, number one, you don't want to get in the loser's bracket. Right. You know, you've you got to stay in the winner's bracket. Number two, if your best pitcher and Hunter's, I'm not saying he's our best, but on any given year, your first guy is usually your best, You would, that would give him an opportunity to get enough rest to possibly come back and cover you in any or two in a championship if you're fortunate enough to make it there.
0: Right. Coach, is there a dark horse in the tournament, you think? Is Florida Atlantic possibly the dark horse? That's
2: one? it. Yeah, you named so. it. I think he so. You just named it. You know, I think they're healthy. Uh, talking to John McCormick last week or uh, two weekends ago when we were there, they're as healthy as they've been all year. You know, they were banged up on the pitching side earlier. They took their lumps there, and they could always hit. They just couldn't keep people from hitting. Mm-hmm. And uh, but they're they're back uh, as close to 100 percent strength as they've been all year, and so certainly, and that's a program that knows how to get to that championship game. In all right. honesty, they right. they have people in place that have been there, and that means a lot.
0: Right, and I think I'm right about this. I think after our series with them, that the next Wednesday night they went to Miami and beat Miami. Did they not?
2: They did. Shut yeah. them out three to nothing. Right in Miami went on the road to Louisville and swept Louisville, three-game series in Louisville, first time that program's been swept since 2005. And Louisville's been good a long, long time.
0: Right. I, I know I see a lot of fans talking about that side of the bracket and everything is Old Dominion Charlotte, and I'm sure they're great baseball teams this year, but I'm with you, Coach. I, I think Florida Atlantic the, is, the, is the team everybody better keep a, an open eye on. <laughs>
2: I do too, I do too. And, and it'll be fun to watch how this whole tournament plays out because it is, to me, it's the most uh, paired tournament of any one we've had in a long time.
0: Right, no question. And uh, is there any advantage or, or not of the fact that your guys have played four games down there? I mean, for a lot of these teams, I guess this would be their first uh, their first appearance at this new facility.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I would like to think that there would be because you would kind of understand the landscape of how the how the the, uh, the park lays out. And I think the more familiar you are with anything, the, the better prepared you are. So I think that was one reason why Old Dominion really wanted to come in there and play to just kind of see what it's like and get a, get a feel for it before uh, the tournament play opened up. So, you know, yes, I would think that would – Play out in, in our advantage to do that. But, you know, it's still, you have to go out and win it. You know that as, as well right.
0: as I do. Well, Coach, this would be, if I'm wrong, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but this would be, if you go down there and win that tournament, this would be five consecutive years of either winning the tournament or the regular season championship.
2: Uh, That sounds about right. I well, really I think don't think that's right. I, I think that that may be right. Um, We've had a good run. I know that. So right. We've been fortunate there, so. We uh, I know going into this year we were we had to defend what we've done so
0: right that's probably about right. Well, I've learned from you though you don't you don't get ahead of yourself. First you go well, beat, first you go beat Western Kentucky. Am I right, Coach?
2: That's exactly right. We'll do everything we can to to beat them and, and keep ourselves in the in the winners bracket and, and advance to the next day to play the winner of of lawtech Tech and UTSA if if we're fortunate enough
0: to win. All right, before I let you go, Coach, I know you got to get on the road. I want to mention Coach Palmer. Uh, I know that uh, Luke was involved, along with some other men, in starting a GoFundMe page, and you told me off-air you think that's gotten to be in excess of $11,000. That's just a wonderful thing, and people can continue to do that. uh, But I don't think we should go play in the Conference USA tournament without talking about Coach Palmer, and if you will, sir, just give us an update on, on how he's doing.
2: Well, you know, he's still at the landmark there in Collins. I went and visited with him last week outside his window. Spirits were good. Of course, we talked baseball for forty-five minutes and uh, and and a little bit about family and and friends. So, but seems to be doing well mentally, you know, physically, he's still uh, in a challenged uh, state of trying to get back to some quality of life that that he had before. So. But you know, with that being said, it's, it's not a place that you go and stay free. Uh, and so the GoFundMe page was developed and Luke was the brains behind how, how to get that going. And then Rick Maddox and, uh, Jimmy Pierce were real instrumental in Tyler Kahn and, and, and getting it as well. But you know, that, that page has been set up and it is, it is working and people are more than, um, uh, appreciative to go and, and, and help with that. All the medical goes to help offset the medical expenses that Coach is having there that's outside of costs that aren't paid by insurance and any other resources that might be there. So, uh, you know, it's a great way to help somebody that has been instrumental in our community and given so much, not only to Southernness Baseball, but to all the young men that he's impacted and the fans and and the time that that he's been in Hattiesburg, which is his whole life, and, and he loves Southern Miss, and there's nobody that hates missing baseball games at, at Pete Taylor Park than Coach Palmer. And,
0: That's right. Uh, you know, it breaks all our
2: hearts to see where he is right now, but it's a it's an awesome way to try to help him
0: and give and give him something back. Good luck, Coach. Thank you, Bob. Okay. The Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back. I want to thank Coach Scott Berry for joining us uh, in the opening half of the radio show. This segment is sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Our good buddies down there. We're the home of the 895 Lunch. You can be sure that every Conference USA baseball game will be broadcasted at 4th Street Bar and Grill. So what a great place to go enjoy some really good food, a nice cold beverage, and sit back and watch the Golden Eagles and the Conference USA Tournament. All right, time to go to Kelly Center. Kelly's actually in Indianapolis, Indiana. He makes an annual trip up there uh, to uh, enjoy the Indy 500. And so, Kelly, you're there. You're ready for the race. The race is what, this weekend?
1: It is, Bob. The 105th running of the greatest spectacle in racing will be staged this coming Saturday. The weather forecast calls for sunshine and a high of 77 degrees. So it looks like all, all systems go. Scott Dixon from Team Ganassi sits on the pole uh, for, the, for the greatest spectacle. 33 cars will hit the straightaway, hitting, hitting speeds of about 238 miles an hour with 33 cars on the track at the same time. So uh, Carburation Day, what they call, will be on Friday. That's really the last time that the teams can practice and tinker if they're with their cars, if you will. And then uh, Saturday, nothing but parties all across the, the city of Indianapolis. And then, of course, the big race. On Sunday, and you know, some some people have deer camp, some people have fishing camp. I've got a racing camp all right. uh, up here, and and as I look right now, I'm 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 right outside our, and I am probably eighty yards from the first turn. After the show, I'll snap a picture. Yeah,
0: it'd be great of where we are. Do so they practice know. every day all week, Kelly?
1: No, no, they're not allowed to. They they qualified the cars, uh, finished yesterday, and they'll be sequestered now until until Friday. Um, when they'll get to a final two hours of practice, and that's one of the biggest parties in the world too. Is just when they're practicing, the fans in the stands are knocking around beach balls, and mm-hmm. I suspect they're consuming things that alter their
0: uh, Probably. You know, the, <laughs> you're not. You're not, of course.
1: Oh, of course not, no, Bob. Okay. I have to report. And I have to be you know ready to report on the Eagle Hour.
0: There you go. Hour. There you go. I've
1: covered them all: the World Series, Super Bowl, everything, but nothing. Nothing is like in person like the 500-mile That's race. Great. It's really spectacular.
0: All right, I want to talk to you a little baseball while I've got you on the phone. And, uh, you know, some surprising news. We don't normally talk about the SEC because we're not huge fans of that. But uh, some Mississippi connections and former Southern Miss assistant Chad Kaye left USM a couple of years ago to go to A&M to play for a really long-time established coach who had had a, you know, a stellar career out there. He has won, uh, we should say, above 500 season. Uh, the, they fire him, and now Coach Kaye, I, I guess, is looking for a job.
1: Well, that's, that's the $64,000 question, Bob, and I almost mean that literally because here, here's the guy, Coach Childress, had has been there uh, 14 years. And, um, and you know, they, been, they did finish above 500 this year, but he has 11 out of 14 years they have made trips to the postseason 11 out of 14. And Texas A&M uh, lets him go. And Childress, in a statement this morning released by the university, he said that he was proud of his years at Texas A&M, that they always did things the right way, Whenever cited for any violations. Uh, you know, grade point average was, was stellar, all those sorts of things. It kind of led you to believe that he really wasn't sure why uh, he was being let go, other than the university saying in a different statement that they were looking for a younger Fresher face to lead their program forward. So, if that's a guy that gets in trouble for having 11 out of his 14 years trips to the postseason, and you get canned, boy oh boy! Um, and the athletic director at Texas A&M is is Ross Bjork, who used to be the the athletic director at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if there's some some potential fallout from this. You know, letting Childress go. But uh, because you talk to other coaches across the, the country, and in fact, when Chad Kaye took that job, he said you couldn't ask for a, for a more uh, upright guy to work for, you know, upstanding guy, get everything right, and yet here he's shown the door. So we don't know what Chad Kaye's status is going to be other than to assume, and you know, you know how that is when you assume things, but uh, you'd have to assume that the entire staff has been put on notice, too, that, that they're gone after this year. So, man, you talk about it. Rough tough, rough, tough life, 11 out of 14 years. And this they let
0: go of it. What have you done for me lately, right?
1: Man, it's, it's just, you know, amazing. I mean, what do you have to do, you know? Right. I mean, I mean, as good of programs as there are in the country, I mean, you're going to hit a clinker every once in a while. But do you really call it a, a clinker or a sour note when you're still above 500? You just didn't do very well in, in your particular conference.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. You, you never, you just don't know the world of sports. Now, Kelly, uh, we, we've talked a lot, probably ad nauseum, about regional baseball hosts. And as we know, they named 20 schools, but four are going to be left out. And Kendall Rogers this morning uh, put out a, a, a tweet, and he says that Pittsburgh is one of the four that is almost certainly out. And, and that leaves Southern Miss, Louisiana Tech, Charlotte, and South Carolina of which obviously the majority of the... He he indicates that Southern Miss and Louisiana Tech are not out, but on the outside looking in. It it almost looks as if Charlotte may be the Conference USA team to host unless they're knocked out by yet another SEC team, South Carolina.
1: And I think a lot will depend on how they do in the Conference USA tournament. Louisiana Tech did not finish the season as well as as they had hoped. But, you know, you and I and Luke have kind of kicked this ball around a little bit, and I've always thought just because of the media market and the novelty, if you will, that Charlotte is really good and Charlotte, you know, bigger city, uh, and now with 100% uh, attendance, you know, I just think that with Tech finishing the way that it finished, that that lowers their chances, but I would think that would improve Southern Miss's chances. So I think more is riding on this conference tournament than people believe. It's not, a, it's not a factor of whether the top four in the Conference USA are going to get in postseason and how many are going to get to post-postseason. So if I had to rank them in order of priority right now of the ones that submitted bids in the Conference USA, I have said from day one I thought Charlotte was mm-hmm. going to be the first one. Um, Luke and I kind of you know batted that around last week, but I think Charlotte would be one, Southern Miss would be two, and I think Louisiana Tech would be the odd team out at this point, depending on the emotional factor of all the things that Tech has been through, as we've talked about the last couple of years.
0: Well, Tech tech didn't help themselves by adding two games with Old Dominion and losing both of the games. That's something we kind of talked about with Coach Barry early. So, Kelly, uh, your best opinion. Let's just play the best-case scenario. Southern Miss goes to Ruston, and Southern Miss wins the tournament. Are they still alive to have a host tournament in Hattiesburg?
1: For for uh, oh yes for sure, I, I think they're I think they're alive now. I think I think what kept, keeps them more alive, if there is such a term, is the fact that what you just said. The Tech has not has not they've been disappointed with the way they finished the season, and they're not heading in to the postseason tournament with a lot of momentum. Other than the fact that they're getting to play at the Love Shack, mm-hmm. you know, on their home field. That's the only thing right now Tech has going for them. So if there's anybody that really, really has to do well, in my opinion, in the Conference USA tournament, it's Tech.
0: Let me give you a bad case scenario and get your opinion. Coach Barry and I both agreed early in the segment that the dark horse team in the Conference USA tournament is Florida Atlantic. He said he talked to uh, Coach Mack last week. He said his team now was as healthy as it's been all year you know, after, uh, after the series with Southern Miss, they went to Miami and, and shut out and beat nationally ranked Miami on their home field. If, if, Louis, if Florida Atlantic were to play the spoiler and win the Conference USA Tournament, would the league be left out totally as a host site?
1: No, I don't think so. I don't think completely. But, yeah, you talk about a worst-case scenario. That is.
0: That would be a bad one, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, and of course, unless you're an owl fan, but um, <laughs> I, I think uh, I think Charlotte. You know, Charlotte would be the, the team that if, if Charlotte loses early on, you know that that might make their stead a little bit more shaky. But I think that I think the Niners are going to get the host, and again, it's the old big city thing. Um, I think Charlotte will get the host, and then depending on how how the Eagles and Tech do, uh, and right now, like I say, the I think that the tech is the one that really has to worry about what the future holds mm-hmm. as far as hosting mm-hmm. a spot goes. Mm-hmm.
0: But we feel pretty comfortable. There'll be four league teams in the region.
1: Yeah, it's it's really it's strange this year where Conference USA. It's like it's like they're two separate leagues. Four really good teams, and and I guess you could call Florida Atlantic a border team. Mm-hmm. But you go, let's even include them. So you've got those five, but the other ones are just not very good. Right, um, right, and now some of them made the tournament. You know, UTSA and West, West Western Kentucky are in there, but I think those teams are definitely a couple of steps below those other ones. You know that we talked about, and if you were throwing, you know, another worst case scenario is if one of those teams that really doesn't have any postseason shot without winning the conference USA tournament, that would be disastrous as well. If one of those teams were to get hot mm-hmm. and uh, knock one of those other four teams out.
0: It's hard to imagine that that could happen, but but here's the deal. I mean, Louisiana Tech and Southern – well, let me back up. Florida Atlantic, Charlotte, and Old Dominion all in the same bracket. If Florida Atlantic were to get hot and and make it to the championship games, that means the other two are out. I mean, you you know what I'm saying? They, They would have to eliminate Old Dominion and or Charlotte or both. To make it to the championship, and that seems like a bit of a stretch, Kelly. But,
1: but I, it, it does seem like a stretch, but I really think, Bob, no matter what happens, those four that we talked about are in Southern, right. LaTeX, Charlotte, and Old Dominion. They're in postseason play. Where, we don't know, but I think regardless of what happens, those four are in.
0: All right, can you hang on? We'd love it. All right, more with Kelly Sander from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway next on the Eagle Island. tuned in to the Eagle Hour, the Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back. want to uh, thank all of our great sponsors for bringing you the Eagle Hour every day. This is Bob Getty. I'm in the First Bank studio here in Hattiesburg. This last segment is sponsored by D1 and DBAT. That's where Catherine and all the gang down there provide state-of-the-art athletic training for everybody from kids to adults And uh, it's just a fantastic facility. Nothing like it, really, here in South Mississippi. So, if you've got a child in your home that uh, aspires to play baseball or softball, that would be D Bat. If you're a weekend warrior yourself, if you're a college athlete, if you're someone just wants to get in better shape, then D 1 Training certainly has a program for you. Kelly Sander is at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And Kelly, uh, we've talked about it before, but you own a mobile home up there right by the speedway. And you go every year a couple of times, and you take a bunch of Hattiesburg guys up there with you, do you not?
1: Yeah, there's you know some guys uh, uh, you know want to go more regularly than than others. But what's interesting? What's interesting about uh, about most of, of the trips that people make is they'll say, well, you know, I'm not I'm not really a big racing fan, and I'll say, well, I get it. They say, well, I'm just coming for the fellowship. You know, that's fine. But then they come up here and see the race in person. And I remember uh, a couple years ago when we were up here. Um, It was a first-time guy, and he saw the first couple of laps, and he turned around and he handed me a couple hundred-dollar bills, and he said, I want to come next year. (laughs) (laughs) We were only two laps into the race. Uh, I I think it's the pageantry of it, Bob. Like I said, it's the largest single-day sporting event in the world, some 600,000 people uh, between the grandstands and the infield um, in various uh, stages of inebriation, of Mm -hmm. course, uh, during that race. But, you know, Southern Miss and the Institute, uh, for, for security, sports security over at Southern Mist. They actually, you know, under the direction of Lou Marciani and, and some of the other ones at Southern Mist, they actually detail the security measures that the officials at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, uh, implement. And this is all, this is all part of the Department of Homeland Security and the grant that Southern Mist received to, um, to, you know, make places like this as safe as they can possibly be. You know, uh, unfortunately, in the world we live in, there, there's, there's no guarantees. But since nine eleven, now, large sporting events like this have been taking countless measures to keep the places as safe as possible. Um, and, and right there at Southern Miss, they are developing the protocols as to how to keep that many people safe uh, uh-huh. in one day. So kudos to our guys right. at, at, at Southern Miss. It's really amazing the things that they go through.
0: Is it a lot different this year being post-COVID, or is it— Kind of getting back to normal.
1: No, it is. You have to, uh, you know, in, in Gasoline Alley, where you know I'm hanging out with all the motion picture stars and TV stars and singers and whatnot. Oh, by the way, Diplo, Grizz, and Dead Mouse—the the, people, you know, EDM, EDM yeah. guys—they all send their best.
0: People uh, don't because, know it, but you and Dead Mouse, y'all pretty tight, aren't you? Kelly? Yeah,
1: we have got we've gotten—we've gotten to be. <laughs> and I actually got to see Marshmallow without his hat on, and I know oh, you're jealous about
0: oh that. Oh my obviously. god. Mm. <laughs> Some people have all the luck, Santa.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, but when you're in gasoline alley and and places like that, you do still have to wear your mask and to go into, you know, it's, it's somewhat, it's kind of hypocritical though, because I mean you have to wear your mask to get through the turnstiles at the track. But as soon as you get through the turnstiles, you can take them off. Mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, I'm not sure about all that. And I was talking to, some of the officials at the Indy Motor Speedway yesterday, and I said, "What's up with the mask?" Since Charlotte uh, running a NASCAR race this coming weekend, the Coca-Cola 600, they'll be at 100 percent capacity and no masks. And they really believe here at the at the Indy Motor Speedway that as soon as this race is over, the mask ban will be lifted. That that the that the uh, governor governor in private wants the mask mandate in place because he knows how many people are coming to Indianapolis from not only other parts of the country but indeed all over the world as it is the biggest uh you know sporting event in the world so uh the people in Indiana look for that mask ban to be you know lifted after this weekend and then then it should be mm-hmm. all systems go as as back to normal as possible but even to get into gasoline alley where the drivers are and the VIPs are you have to present your vaccination card
0: Is that right Yes yes yeah,
1: and that. you have and you have to wear your mask which I don't I don't know why you'd have to do both but um
0: yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense, does it?
1: No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. But uh, but the fact that people are actually getting to convene again and uh, enjoy each other's companies because a lot of the race crowd each year is repeat people, you know, right? Uh, that we see each other once a year and it's kind of like having a place that doesn't show up county fair. Right. You know, you only use it about a couple weeks out of the year, but it's good to see friends and family and. Uh, all that gather. So, so, um,
0: so despite the week long party, you're going to report to the Eagle Hour every day. Is that what I understand?
1: The party doesn't start until I hang up with you, Bob, and then, then the <laughs> then the party is on. <laughs> yeah, they've got a, they've got a a drink up here: eggnog and prune juice.
0: Mm, that just it's, sounds delicious.
1: <laughs> it's called the last second Christmas rush. <laughs> <laughs> all right,
0: Santer. You have a good time, and uh, we'll catch back up with you in Indianapolis tomorrow.
1: Yeah, we'll try, I'm going to try to sniff out some more information on the Texas A&M situation. Just just really bad news. All right, Kelly. Um, thanks, buddy. All right. Talk to you then.
0: Kelly Santer, everybody, from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, live right here on the Eagle Hour. All right. Tomorrow, we're going to have Malcolm Butler on the show. He's an associate uh, athletic director at Louisiana Tech University. We're going to get the lay of the land as uh, we'll be on Tournament Eve. The Golden Eagles, as you may have heard if you joined us early, left right after Coach Barry's appearance on the Eagle Hour. We're very grateful to him hanging around uh, to be with us before they pulled out. And uh, – We'll, of course, be following the tournament all week long right here. So we hope you'll join us every day at 1 o'clock. Southern Miss to the top.